<laughs> you know what jet, this Jet Jaguar's favorite uh, kaiju is? What? Edira. Why? Because it's a shrimp. Another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I'm your host, Michael, better known as the Kaiju Groupie. And with me, returning from his much, much deserved podcation, Mr. Travis Alexander. Buddy, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I uh, needed a break for a little bit, but man, I was, uh, after a after a couple of weeks of being gone off the podcast, I'm like, I need to come back. I was ready to come back and record. I am ready for uh, for podcasting. It's just uh, I get itchy when I'm not <laughs> when I'm right. not podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But you know, before we get started here, I do want to take a minute and thank both or not both, but all three of these fine, fine gentlemen, Elijah Thomas of the Kaiju Conversations podcast, Matt and Gratton of the Giant Monster BS podcast for being such good sports and helping me out these last couple of weeks. It has been fantastic having those conversations with those guys. Uh, had a lot of fun with Elijah. Um, not sure why he hates Nathan so much, but I don't want to get into that. Um, as, and Matt and Grattan are a lot are a lot of fun, and they have a lot more depth to them than actually what I like to give them credit for. So thank you, fellas, uh, for popping on with me and helping me out the last couple of weeks. It was really, really appreciated. Yeah, and I want to say thank you too uh, to all of them. Uh, Elijah has been on our podcast before, so I kind of I knew what to expect um, with having him on. He's always great, always always great to have on. But uh, with Matt and Gratton, we had never had them on the podcast before, so I didn't know what to expect um, other than you know just them to bring their own brand of humor. And listening to the episode that you guys did, it was so great. They they were hilarious. They were uh, so much fun. They were good sports for the the. Monsters Inc. jokes that I put them through. <laughs> so, so yeah, I really appreciate uh, the the ones who stepped in while I took my little break. Uh, and now I'm back and now I'm ready to podcast. Right. And we have a phenomenal, dare I say, more phenomenal episode to get through today. Uh, but Ooh. before we get into that, we actually do need to cover a little bit of news this week. So, Travis, when you're ready, let's get into the news. And then oh, we're we can... get in... oh, we're not going to cue the beady beady. No, there actually is no beady beady this time around. So let's cue that sound effect that people will know so well. Clifford is a kaiju. Ah, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is not it that is not it they just heard they just heard the fantastic sound effect the fantastic da, 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 or oh okay clifford is a kaiju <sighs> 
Jeez, come on. Like this is your first, this is your first week, but this is your first time back in a couple of weeks. Do you really have to get into all that now? Do we really have to go there this early? Oh man. Well, Hey, uh, next month, next month, because this is starting, uh, this is our, our, uh, the first week of March. So in April, I'm going to be, yeah, I just stop and think about it. <laughs> um, so next month, uh, I'm going to be guesting on a podcast where I get to talk about Clifford. So yay! Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's we can add that to the news section. So, what podcast are you going to be on next month? Um, well, I we haven't set up a specific time to record yet, but I'm supposed to be guesting on the uh, Finding Monster Right podcast. I okay. am. I am probably their biggest uh, champion on Twitter, at least, because uh, I I really adore their podcast. They are a lot of fun. They're very irreverent. They have a very irreverent sense of humor, but it is it's so much fun to listen to. And I reached out to them like, look, I have this idea for uh, I want to talk about Clifford, the big red dog. Michael hates Clifford, the big red dog. So I need someone to talk about how he's a psychic vampire that sucks the life force out of children around him. And, uh, they were happy to oblige. So, uh, we have set up a time to record. So we're going to be recording and then they are going to be guesting on our podcast on a future episode, which I'm not going to spoil what that episode is about. But in a future okay. episode, they will be on ours. So we're going to have a crossover with uh, the Finding Monster Right podcast. Uh, if anybody who listens to this has not heard of them or has not listened to them, please go check them out because they are a lot of fun. And I am looking forward to being on their podcast. No, absolutely. I'm looking forward to hearing you on their podcast. Uh so yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I have listened to a few episodes of Finding Monster Right. They are an entertaining podcast. Not, not quite my taste in um, what I would classify personally as giant monsters. But you know, to each their own. We all well, they're they're not really giant monsters. They're just they're monsters in general. So they they'll cover any kind of monster. So they're like they cover mermaids and they cover uh, they covered the Kool-Aid man. They covered the Kool-Aid man and it was one of the best, one of their most, not most recent, but it's been within this, this last month, uh, the episodes that I really enjoyed was about Ponsatoni, uh, Phil, which mm -hmm. is the, uh, groundhog in, uh, from the, that's, that's in Pennsylvania that right. celebrates groundhog hogs day. And that we, you know, looks for its shadow every year and stuff. Uh, that was an, a hilarious episode. So yeah, they, they're just, I really enjoy listening to their podcast. <laughs> well, before I have to go full gatekeeper, I think we need to move on and talk about some real news. So Travis, what is our first news item for this week? talking about going full gatekeeper um uh. the new bandai godzilla and jet jaguar figures from godzilla singular point have been revealed and oh boy am i excited to talk about this <laughs> yeah um yeah okay yeah so i saw this today uh, I was, I, I saw it while I was waiting on church to start and I was sitting there in the, in the, in my chair, uh, and I looked down and I saw this little, this, this photo of two Bandai toys, 
uh, one of a Godzilla that doesn't look half bad. Uh, I think there's already some memes circling around on uh, Twitter comparing him to the dad from the dinosaurs, Mr. Sinclair, uh, which can't argue because there are some, once you see it, you can't unsee it. But um, I then, think that then you accidentally th saw a picture of an orangutan and you were like, huh? Yeah, I mean, the Jet Jaguar design does come up a little bit short, in my I think, opinion. <laughs> I think I, I think I got sent a picture of a monkey instead of a, instead of Jet Jaguar. <laughs> I love this design. Okay, okay, let me tell you. I love this design because it makes people mad. <laughs> oh, talk, okay. Talk about full gatekeeper. You like, you, so you're basically saying you love this thing because it, peeves people off so it much peeves people off people are so po'd about this design and it makes me love it even more because i'm like well, it is pretty terrible I'm not gonna <laughs> lie it is pretty terrible it's so great i have already created like 12 memes um from it <laughs> i have put him well let me ask you is this an unironic love or is this an ironic love because i'm getting the sense that this is more of an unironic love that you have for this abomination known as the anime jet jaguar no, I mean, this is probably more ironic love just because I love how much it, it's just how how crazy it is. No, I, okay. To be fair, I think that this is a fine design. I don't see anything wrong with it necessarily. Um, necessarily. Somebody, okay. I mean, it, yes. It, is, it, is it the design I would have come up with <laughs> if I was designing Jet Jaguar? No. No, it is not the design I would have come up with. But somebody pointed out on Twitter, I think it might have been Chris from GargantuCast. I can't remember who it was that, that shared it on Twitter. But they said that, look, the original Jet Jaguar was supposed to be built in a garage by a couple of guys who just didn't, you know, weren't like military, weren't, you know, didn't have a huge lab. They just, they built it in their home. So... Mm -hmm this kind of fits that it's like it looks like a you know home built kind of out of proportion robot and uh, i mean hey it works but where where are his legs <laughs> where are his travis where are his legs like i'm really i'm really hoping that when we finally see him in action in the anime that his legs are going to extend. Other than that, he's just going to be kind of waddling around like a little mechanical penguin or a little, <laughs> me a little, a little mechanical orangutan. Yeah. Um, just have him. I, look, his arms are long enough that he could do like the gorilla run. Oh God. I yeah. don't want to see him do the gorilla run. I want to see him just waddle around waving his arms like a, like a demented robot ET, you know, just waddling around, throwing his arms <laughs> in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the one Jet thing Jaguar go home. Jet... Okay. <laughs> um yeah, so the the one thing about this design that I think is really interesting is they took away the the crotch arrow uh that that Nathan <laughs> is so uh obsessed with when he talks about uh Jet Jaguar. It's this because arrow Nathan is obsessed with crotches. This yeah. arrow that just points directly at jet jaguar's crotch they took that off of there so so at least that's a that's a plus <laughs> they took away yes they took away jet jaguar's chastity belt 
That's what they took away. It wasn't a chastity belt. It was pointing. So it was like, you know, <laughs> it was advertisement. It was directing people. <laughs> it was directing people where to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I have compared this, this design for Jet Jaguar to Lanky Kong from Donkey Kong 64. Gotcha. Um, I also think he kind of looks a little bit like a, a Chucky doll. And the idea, yeah. if he had the crazy red hair and a, and a knife in his hand and him running, a, like, my goodness, if that thing was like four foot tall and it was chasing after me, it would be scary. <laughs> oh, it would. <laughs> like look man i got terrified like last night i was coming into the office here and i scared myself because i forgot i i forgot i put the vacuum cleaner in my office and i walked in i thought some little short person was standing in the middle of my office <laughs> scared the crap out of me and uh, uh i was uh I, I, there's no doubt if i saw whatever this abomination running at whatever if i saw this abomination running at me or whatever it is i'd be scared to death because that thing is like this jet jaguar design is creepy looking <laughs> this jet jaguar needs to be uh in a chocolate factory somewhere uh helping make chocolate <laughs> oh goodness so no i I, I'm okay with this. I, I I really think, like I said, it's not the design I would have picked, but I no. don't see anything wrong with it. I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. I think people are making a bigger <clears throat> deal out of it than it is uh, a bigger. They're making a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. To be fair, this design is not without its shortcomings, but I really want to. I just I really want to wait and see how the anime actually um, puts him in action, um, honestly, before I make a final decision. Now, you, you, know, just you know what, you know what jet, this jet Jaguar's favorite uh, kaiju is? What? Evira. Why? Because it's a shrimp. We've made, we've made fun of Mr. Jaguar um, a little bit too much right now. So let's move on and talk just a little bit about this new Godzilla design. Okay. Now, this is him the one. A, him's <laughs> a thick boy. Him's a thick boy. Oh, yeah. Him thick. He got them thunder thighs. Um, this is the one that I have a problem with the most. Okay. I have more of a problem with this than I do with Jet Jaguar. And 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 to be fair, these are toys. So the problems I have may be more with just the make of the toys and not actually mm -hmm. what it's going to look like in the show. Right. Yeah, these are the first round of probably like Bandai Creations toys. So these are going to be like for children. These are the cheapies. These are the cheapos, right. I think. So the, the, the anatomy is all wrong and, and i don't mean like all wrong for godzilla i mean like all wrong for any living creature like the bottom jaw is twice the length of the top jaw but is set further back and if you look at the 
like where the bottom jaw connects to the body it connects almost at like the the base of the skull or one of the like vertebras in the neck like mm -hmm. that's not that's not how does he swallow if his jaw is set so far back See in the in the in the poster images that we saw like a couple months ago, it shows Godzilla's jaw being unhinged, sort of like a snake. Um, so I'm with you. We were talking about this earlier today. I think yeah, earlier today, and it's like this doesn't even line up with how the anatomy should be if that was even the case. Right. Yeah, because if it, if it unhinges, then but it's still the hinge that is there is still too far back on this thing, and his hands his hands are backwards. If you if you notice the he has a this Godzilla has a thumb. He has a the, pinky. Is it he pinky? A, he has a little pinky. Yeah, it looks like a pinky. It looks like a thumb. And it looks like his hands are on backwards because it looks a like his bit, thumbs yeah, are... I, I can see it because I'm looking at it right here and I can see what you're talking about. That little tiny little appendage right there at the at the bottom part yeah. of his hand. Yeah. It looks like a thumb and it looks like it's... And the thumb is attached to the bottom of the hand, which means it's <clears throat> facing the wrong direction. Maybe we're... Okay, so I'm... Maybe we're... Are we critiquing just the sculpt or is this... I mean, I would imagine this is going to be pretty accurate, at least fundamentally to what it's going to look like in the in the series. But yeah, I mean, it is a little off. Like the thing that the, the, the big issue that I have with it is actually the feet. Um, I'm kind of wondering why they went with a three toe with a with that little um, do claw with the, with the yeah, with the little claw in the back like a T-Rex mm -hmm. um, than going with the traditional four toe design that godzilla's had since well 2000 well every yeah since 2000 because i think toho i think we were talking about this toho changed the design and so you can't make an official godzilla without four toes that's why legendary has four toes that's why shin has four toes but i guess since this is toho they can do whatever they want i get i suppose but it's just odd seeing godzilla with three toes like it looks <clears throat> you know it's kind of funny because i'm looking at this and it and it screams a little bit of 62 to me, honestly. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I just, uh, I, and like I said, I'm, I, and like you said too, we might be just critiquing the sculpt because we don't know how it's going to look in the anime, you know, like in motion and stuff. Um, but just looking at this like like people a lot of problem a lot of people have problems with the rodan design for this mm -hmm. uh show rodan at least looks anatomically correct even if he doesn't look like rodan at least he's anatomically correct this is not anatomically correct like this is not how living beings are are formed <laughs> and it's weird Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it just, I don't know. I can't get past it. So like, you know, with Jet Jaguar, they can make Jet Jaguar look however they want because he's a robot. A robot can look however he wants. But this is a living being and his, and his jaw is attached to the back of his neck. <laughs> How is his jaw attached to the back of his neck? It's, we need to consult our friend Sam on this as to how this could even be possible. 
Because isn't aren't isn't he a herpetologist? Isn't somebody he knows a herpetologist? He might know somebody who's a herpetologist, but he's an ecologist. I would imagine he I would imagine he knows somebody who is a herpetologist that could tell us why this is so weird. Yeah, I I I don't know. This is this is just and the and the 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 fang things the the like tusks they mm-hmm. look more like it looks more like a nose ring it kind of looks like a mustache to me like it's I got know. little it's it's kind of like he's got little whiskers like oh, big he's, white he's got a french mustache it's got, yeah. a little, got a little french mustache this is the french oui, oui, i am i am we oui, we oui, i am goji i am here to destroy your city <laughs> goji we're going to paris <laughs> It's a meta to we. There's so much cold open potential already in this episode. Um, so let me ask you, Travis, and we can move on to some, we can move on to the next news item. Okay. Is it going to stop you from watching the anime? Cause I know it's oh, not going to no. stop me. No, I mean the, the design for Godzilla earth, I wasn't a fan of, but it didn't stop me from watching that. The, the, the I like this more than earth though. I, even with its, even with its flaws, I still like this more than Earth. I'd have to see it in motion. I'd have to see mm-hmm. what it actually looks like in the show to be a full judge. Because right now, if it looks like the toy, like exactly like the toy, I might like Godzilla Earth a little bit more. But uh, but you know, this again, this is Bandai toy. This is the lower end mm-hmm. toys, and we right. I don't know if anybody remembers what the Shin Godzilla Bandai toy. Was it Bandai <laughs> or whatever? Whatever. Yeah, it was that... uh, Playmates. It was it was Playmates, oh, Playmates but it was close. Playmates. Yeah, yeah. Playmates uh, looked like when it first came out. I mean, I still one of my favorite memes I ever made was uh, putting that picture next to the the dog uh, that they that they have online. That's like you know, one an ugly dog. It's got the overbite. Uh, that says Stephen. You know, the Stephen with a PH, and uh, and uh, I put it and it says Gofila, Gofila. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what that one looked like. Uh, this one, yeah, this one just looks more like he would, this one looks more like he, you know what this guy, you know what this Godzilla looks like he would sound like? He looks like he would be voiced by Charles Barkley. Why is that? I don't know. Just the, the appearance in his face and everything looks like he would be, he, he would be, uh, he would be voiced by Charles Barkley. It's terrible. I tell you, it's terrible. What they're doing to my Godzilla and what my Jet Jaguar is terrible. It's just terrible. It's just... <laughs> Actually, no, I could I could say that, but honestly, I'm I'm getting more Shaq vibes from from this one because you know Shaq's a big boy too. Uh, so I can imagine him just kind of doing like like you see him on screen. He's doing like the it's the gif of Shaq doing the little little shimmy shake. Oh yeah, the shimmy shake. Yeah, the little <laughs> shimmy shake with his lip puckered. Uh, anyway, I don't know. We're getting way off track. Here. Yeah, yeah we need we to reel this in a little bit more. <laughs> so we have some interesting articles that came up. Um, one being um, an interview with Adam Wingard the director for Godzilla versus Kong, and 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 another one that is 51 things that they that this that collider learned about Godzilla versus Kong. So which one do you want to start with? Um well I mean we can just uh, the way I was going to do it was just cover some of the points that we picked up on okay, or, that's fine. um 
with uh, between the two because because the the collider article that's the 51 things they learned it was while they were uh, doing their set visit which was mm. I think last year uh, I Something forget like when that. yeah yeah it was, it was last year they went down they they visited the set and they so they were talking about some of the things they saw and then they didn't get to interview Adam Wingard that at that opportunity but they did get to talk to him over zoom later sure. on and so that's where the other article um that's where the other article comes from right. so uh so yeah the there's a few things and there is a big spoiler now there have been spoilers that have been going around and if anybody is not interested in hearing anything godzilla versus kong related if you want to stay completely free of information about Godzilla versus Kong until the movie comes out. We're only a Fast month away now. Yeah. We're only a month away. So for the next month, just don't, don't listen to any of the news. Don't get online. Don't get on Instagram. If you do and you get spoiled, that's your own fault. Cause we're your warning own, you. Your own dang fault. Cause we're about, we're about, we're about to drop some knowledge on y'all. So. You ain't blaming that. You ain't coming after me and telling me, try, Oh, Travis, you spoiled this. this, this, this. No. No, it's not my fault. It's I'm warning you. Yes. Um, yes. No. So, so yeah. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me um, is that Apex, this this new organization that is alongside Monarch, is actually an evil organization, which mm-hmm. kind of could put that together just from the trailers, but right. But like it's 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 interesting having that confirmed mm-hmm. through these articles that yes, Monarch is still the good guys technically, and they're you know trying to protect and help and and kind of bring balance to the world right. with these titans, and then you have Apex, and just judging by the name. I have a feeling that Apex's MO is they want to put humans back on the top. I would gather. Okay. So that, that is sort of what the impression I had um, about Apex a couple of months ago was, you know, they are building, I'm just going to say this there. We're just going to talk freely here. So if you don't want to be spoiled, fast forward until we quit talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Um, right. So, my my thing is, I think they probably built Mechagodzilla to put hum, to put humans on a more level playing field uh, mm-hmm. with the Titans to try to take back some of that some of that um, apex that supremacy, you know, that human supremacy, whatever. Uh, because at this point, this is five years. I think it was revealed. It's like five years or so after King of the Monsters. So. Mm-hmm. And there was already like those news clippings at the end of the movie that says the planet and the the atmosphere and the ecosystem is already changing due to the radiation and and the and the and the rise of these titans. And so, you know, I expect heading into this movie that we are heading into a, a drastically different world than what we were in in even King of the Monsters, because now we have all these Titans just changing the ecosystem, changing the environments of these places. So I would imagine that, that now humans are trying to find a way to get things back to quote unquote normal. Right. Yeah. And there, there was a mention in one of the articles, I forget which one, whether it was the interview or whether it was them 
the set visit one, but they mentioned that Godzilla at this point is the apex predator. Mm-hmm. So then that leads to, okay, now there's a, a group calling themselves apex and they're trying to, you know, do something to overthrow Godzilla and, and take back the human supremacy. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that's an interesting plot element the uh, the fact that that was revealed in these articles and not kept under wraps more i you know i think that's i think that's surprising but at the same time i don't think that's a huge spoiler Mm -mm. it's not i don't think it's a huge spoiler because you know that's sort of general audience stuff i think like that is that stuff that the general audience needs to know um and one thing i think there's a lot that adam wingard in his in this in his interview he there's a lot that he couldn't say. Um, there's probably a lot that he wanted to say, but ref- but doesn't want to spoil anything because toward the end of the movie, I think the interviewer was asking him very uh, specific questions about who's going to win and, and stuff like that. And he was just kind of like, no, I just want everyone to wait and see, because from if if what he has said is to be believed, he says that what we've seen in the trailers and things so far only quote unquote scratches the surface. So right. there's going to be a ton apparently going on in this movie. Yeah. Um, one of the things that um, Wingard mentions in his interview is that this movie is going to explore the past and the future of these mm-hmm. Titans. And I think that's going to be interesting. So, you know, we may, we, we've already been talking about there's possible flashbacks um, that, you know, we might see some of Kong's ancestors, you know, in the past mm-hmm. shown on screen. So, so I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting element. Um, then also what, what does the future hold for these kaiju, for these yeah. Titans? I think that's going to be an interesting thing to explore. I think that the, I think the scene that we've been shown in the trailer where God, uh, not Godzilla, uh, where Kong is fighting the two war bats, the giant, like Cobra, the, the giant right, flying right. Cobras. I think that's a flashback. Mm. I'm, th- I'm, I think that's a flashback to somewhere in, uh, like the hollow earth or something like that, because we've seen some pretty interesting images so far of what I'm assuming is the hollow earth. And it is, and if it is the hollow earth, it is not at all what I was expecting. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like uh, that they mentioned about um, Skull Island. What makes Skull Island so unique is that it is a place where the hollow earth breaks through and comes out to the surface. So mm-hmm. that's like it's like the gateway between the hollow earth and and the surface. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so unique and different from everything else in the in the in the world. Right. Right. Well, now there was another where there was um, in the article too. He discussed how he was going to try his best, or he, how he tried his best not to make the same mistakes with uh, Batman v Superman in Godzilla versus Kong. And I thought that was a really interesting part of the article too. It, it was the head. It was the it was the head tagline for the article. But essentially. Um, and from, and they're like, Adam Wingard has been big on continuity for this, the continuity, the continuity from the monster verse leading up to this moment where you have, um, 
two legitimate franchises, two legitimate characters. And he made sure to emphasize characters because um, he said that he is there. They tried to treat Godzilla and Kong, not just as set pieces and not just as background noise, not just as beasts, but as actual characters with storyline or with story arcs, et cetera, et cetera and motivations, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, which I think is a fantastic idea. Like even some of the clips that we've seen, and I know Kong is always very much more emotive than Godzilla, but the, you can see some emotion, you can see some emotiveness from even from even Godzilla in some of those trailers. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how all that vision came to fruition. But the part yeah. about yeah, the, the part about him. Go ahead. But the part about him wanting this to be different from uh, Batman versus Superman is. Um, the fact that this was a, it was a brand new Batman. And mm-hmm. so it, it didn't feel like two established characters going head to head because in the article, he does point out at the time, the quintess, not the quintessential, but the, the established Batman at that time was Christian Bell. Right. So then they bring in, uh, 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 Ben Affleck, Ben, a- yeah, Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be Batman, and it didn't feel right. So now he has these two established characters in Godzilla and Kong from the MonsterVerse, and it feels more cohesive. And I think that was the big takeaway from that part of it. Yeah, and 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 not and he didn't just like uh, <clears throat> poo poo on on uh, Batman v Superman, but he also did you know point out that it was kind of the same problem with King Kong versus Godzilla back in what was it sixty three. Uh, or 62, 63, mm-hmm. anyway, right. um, that, that, uh, that King Kong was a completely new character because right. we had never seen a King Kong that looked like that. We'd never seen a King Kong that was a man in a suit up until that point. He was stop motion. So this was a completely new character. And then, so it didn't feel like it wasn't a big culmination. Like, like we've talked about, we want this movie to be like like how Avengers Endgame was. It was the culmination mm-hmm. of 10 years of movies all leading to this one moment. And and so we kind of wanted that with Godzilla and Kong, just kind of this big wrap-up, this big culmination of everything. And they couldn't... You can't really do that or at least have the same impact if you didn't have the character pre-established in movies that were you know, leading up to it. Uh, And so that's what he was talking about, like having uh, Kong Skull Island and having King of the Monsters and and G14, that these movies helped to establish the character. So Mm -hmm. now he gets to come in and actually bring it all together. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, that's really great. And I think that what he said about how how he he hopes that there will be more movies in the monster verse after this. Um, but he has admitted it's out of his hands. It's not, you know, he has no control over it, but that even if he doesn't, or if there's not any more monster verse movies after this, that at least he got to do the big thing, the, the Godzilla and Kong. If there was, if there was, if these movies were leading to anything, it was that. And so if, if we don't get anything else, the fact that we got that movie, that, matchup yeah at least we got that's i think that's sort of the consensus too in the fan base just to take a little rabbit trail here that regardless of if there regardless if there are more movies 
planned. And we're going to find out pretty, I would imagine we'll find out either right before the movie comes out or even immediately after it hits theaters, if there's going to be another MonsterVerse movie or if uh, that's it. We're going to find out very soon, I think. Um, Yeah. But I think the consensus is that even if this is the last one, I think it's a good one to go out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it, it, it is a good one to go out on. Um, I think that uh, something that he also mentions, too, is how each of the movies in this MonsterVerse have been very, uh, have had like the stamp of the director who right. who did it. Uh, each movie has its own personality, and it reflects the personality of the person behind the camera. And uh, so he wanted this movie to be his movie to like you can watch this and know this is adam wingard so uh i think that's that's something i'm looking forward to as well because as much as i love godzilla and kong and i'm excited to see him fight i really want to see what he personally does with the character i don't want it to be generic i want it to be unique and if he makes it unique and that's something that i think is is uh whether you like or dislike the MonsterVerse movies, at least they are unique. You know, right. G14 is unique. It's not, there's not, not, there's no other Godzilla movie that's like it. There's no other Godzilla movie like King of the Monsters. There's no other Kong movie like Kong Skull Island. So right. there's, they are unique. And so I want this movie to be that way. And it feels like Adam Wingard wants that too. And so I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I was, I'm really happy that he is doing, I'm I'm really happy that they're, that Legendary and Warner Brothers, and it's what it seems to be anyway, from what he said, they're giving him creative freedom just to be and do what he wants to do with these characters, because he sounds like a fan. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up is, I think it's, it's referenced in the article that he sat down and watched every Godzilla movie leading up to starting production on Godzilla versus Kong. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a really interesting moment where he's talking about in the interview where he's having this debate. If this is a, I don't know if this is real or not. I mean, I know some people use a little bit of hyperbole and and stuff and tell stories like this in articles to be more relatable. I don't, I don't have a clue to the accuracy of these statements, but I'm just going to go by what I know and what he said, you know, the schoolyard debate between who would win Godzilla or King Kong and the language used I wasn't even sure who he even wants to win in this movie because he's. we've been told that there is going to be a definitive winner. Mm-hmm. And the trailers seem to be making it out that uh, King Kong or Kong is just going to be, is going to be the victor here because typically, you know, he's the, he's the underdog. He's a really popular character. So it's natural that he would pull out the win here. But I also kind of got the impression from the article that he is a huge Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. So it would make a lot of sense if he just wanted to say, screw it and say, you know what? It's going to be a good fight, but Godzilla wins this one at the end of the day. The one thing I am worried about with the movie, and it's mm-hmm. the, and it's the same thing that happened with King of the Monsters. Right. That I, I'm, I'm afraid that being a fan of these franchises of these monsters of these movies that he might forget to be a director and it's just being uh, a fan because i feel like that's how um 
who was it directed King of the Monsters? Am I right? Michael Daugherty. Daugherty. Uh that that he he kind of had this he was so excited for being a fan to get to do whatever he wanted with these monsters and get to play with the action figures that he had when he was a kid and everything that he kind of forgot to be a director and say, okay, you know, this doesn't work because this doesn't make sense or this doesn't work because we need to cut this down or we can't put that in this, you know, like the, the logical part of his brain was being overridden by the, Oh, I just want to see this. It's so cool. And yeah, it was like, he was pulling from, he was pulling from over 65, 60 years of lore. Right. And it's obvious in, uh, in King of the Monsters because there are a ton of Easter eggs from the franchise, from that, from the, from the wide franchise of Godzilla in that movie. And I think that that is one of the reasons why it was not well received by the general audience because it was so lore heavy. And the reason why it wasn't received by a good portion of the fan base is because it didn't have a really good story. It didn't tell us. Right. It didn't tell a story. It didn't tell the same um, uh, unique, appealing, whatever story like G fourteen and Kong Skull Island did. It right. was just, it was just crack on screen. Basically, it was. Right. It was just. A, it was a visual spectacle. Is yeah. All it it's, was. it's like you gave a a ten year old kid all of his favorite giant monster toys, and mm-hmm. he just got had free reign to do whatever he wanted with them and that's what came out but the problem is that doesn't always make for entertain entertaining movies or or at least well, i'll say entertaining it, it does because it was definitely entertaining but it doesn't always yeah. make for good movies well-crafted yeah. movies <laughs> king of the monsters is is it as far as like a film critic's perspective goes if i'm a, if i was being a film critic of that movie it's not a good film it's right. a it's a fun movie it is a oh, yeah. fun it's a fun entertaining spectacle i can i have so much fun with king of the monsters every time i watch it um but it's it's crack it's visual crack honestly yeah. and, I, and, I, and i don't know any other way to put it but that it's just it's it was made like you said by a fan who um who just wanted to play with his favorite giant monster toys Right. And, and I think that uh, getting back to uh, and I love King of the Monsters, so I don't want anybody to think that I don't love King of the Monsters. Oh, no, I adore King of the Monsters. Yeah. Like, I love King of the Monsters. But, I love King of the Monsters more than Shin. But I think that what I'm trying to get at with all of that talk about King of the Monsters is that I am worried that this might be the same situation with Adam Wingard, because Adam Wingard is a huge fan of these monsters and these franchises and is very excited to be doing this so is he going to go overboard and forget to be an actual director and Mm -hmm. make the hard decisions because it's easy for a person who's a fan to say oh yeah let's throw this in there let's throw that in there let's throw this in there it's hard as a director to say no that doesn't work with the story that we're crafting here that's not going to work we need to cut that out even if it's something you really, really want in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just don't want him to, you know, I, I'm worried about that with this movie, but I'm still excited for it. But I just, I wanted to voice that one thing. Uh, well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. I'm gonna put you on the spot and then we can move on to the last little spoilery thing from this interview. Right. <clears throat> if it meant 
sacrifice if it meant sacrificing good story if if the let me rephrase it like this if if the story was better with kong being the winner as opposed to the story being worse with godzilla being the winner in the terms of it making more sense and it being the overall better movie would you rather kong win or would you take a lackluster story but godzilla still win oh i i would definitely rather kong win if it if the movie meant it to be that way like it like if the movie and the story feels like it that's the direction it needs to go then i'm on board with it i'm on board Mm -hmm. with it you know if if godzilla has to sacrifice himself if godzilla has to be killed if whatever has to happen if Kong has to be the the ultimate winner, if it makes sense in the movie and it's earned, then I'm happy. It doesn't mm-hmm. even if I even though I am not a huge God, uh, King Kong fan, I'm more of a Godzilla fan. I still, if it's earned, I'm still happy. Right. I would be I would be happy if it was earned and if it was a good movie. I would be disappointed because the fan in me wants to say no. You know, King Kong won in 62. Godzilla needs to get his revenge in 2021. That's how it should be. But if, but I'm with you, I don't want to sacrifice good storytelling just to have my favorite character win, I guess, if that, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Now getting into the, the big spoiler that was from this, this, uh, interview, the one of the sets that the collider people got to go and visit and they even talked about in the in the adam wingard interview is a set that has a giant king Ghidorah skull that's wired up to machinery yep now what do you think this is i think it's the control if you want me to be bluntly honest i think it's the control center for mechagodzilla yeah yeah. I think it's it's either that the King Ghidorah skull is probably modified, and honestly, it, it's probably been modified to to and they've built like this Godzilla, this mechanical Godzilla helmet or something around it. But this is the control center for Mechagodzilla, and I think that Doctor Sarazawa's son is piloting it. Piloting it, it's not going to be remote. It's going to be a direct pilot, like in the Heisei films. Mm, okay so yeah i'm i'm with you i think that this is the control center or at least like the brain of mechagodzilla and this definitely gives me big kiryu vibes very much so so so. yeah so this that is because i could i could see and i know this is gonna this is heading into speculation territory Right, but I could see a situation where the the technology kind of goes rogue because mm-hmm. you have to remember that it was it's a it's been established in the MonsterVerse that Godzilla, uh, Godzilla that uh, King Ghidorah is an alien. Yep, and has re, uh, and has regenerative regenerative abilities. So it is not out of the realm of possibility that at some point during the battle, we get a cure you situation where something is triggered in the technology and the brain of Ghidorah takes over for the pilot in Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's, that's what I'm thinking too. 
that's that's exactly where my brain was going as well so yeah i that's that's actually exciting i'm actually excited because if that is what's going to happen i'm really interested because then it's like then it's not just oh humans coming in building a machine and now godzilla versus you know godzilla and kong has to take out the human threat no this is now oh no the humans created a bigger problem and create an even more dangerous monster that they can't control right <laughs> which and sounds they gave it, like and they gave it and they gave it big shiny guns this time yeah around, yeah and so it's like it sounds more like what humans would do and <laughs> so we need rescuing from uh <laughs> from from ourselves uh so yeah yeah there's I, look there's there, i think that there's i know that we're that it's said that we're going to get a winner between godzilla and kong but we're also, I, I think that the, we're going to get best, we're going to get best of both worlds. We're going to get a, a winner between them and then a, and then a team up against Mechagodzilla. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that's what I see. I, I, there, there is nothing that, there is nothing that I, that does not tell me that they're not going to do that because what my biggest fear for the movie, and this is, and, and I know we talked about a practical fear with yours, but my fan fear for like someone who is a longtime lover of this franchise I'm so scared that they're going to use Mechagodzilla as just a prop, sort of like what they did with the Oxygen Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. As well, just a plot device and not give it some weight and some substance and some real, um, some like some real weight and some real and some real odds and stakes are involved with it. Yeah. But I'm assuming that they're not going to do that because, you know, we've got Adam Wingard, who is obviously a fan. We've got Michael Daugherty, who is consulting on the film. Mm -hmm. I don't think between those two, they're going to just use uh, Mechagodzilla as just a throwaway plot point. Right. Yeah. See, the oxygen, the oxygen destroyer, like as as much as like I, I understand why that's such a sore point that it's that it was just like a throwaway thing at the same time it it i don't see a problem with it because it is just a, a thing it's just a, it's just a device it's not not the like cornerstone yeah. of the godzilla franchise you know like unless you're a hardcore fan you probably won't even know what an oxygen destroyer is anyway even if you mm -hmm. are familiar with godzilla um so that one didn't feel quite so bad to me. I do hate that it was like ineffective, completely ineffective. Um, I wish it was more effective. Uh, I wish that they would have used it. Honestly, I wish they'd have used it maybe a little bit towards the end as a last minute effort. And then right. something, and then maybe something happened to it and it malfunctioned or something like that. But it just, that was probably the one thing that really, really bugged me about King of the Monsters. That one, like it was good. It was cool. Like when you hear, when you when you first watch the movie in theaters and are like we have this special weapon we've been developing called the oxygen destroyer and you get in the fan and you gets really excited and then it just kind of yeah it yeah. just kind of goes off like a dud so yeah it's just yeah. a yeah it was a dud it, it just like uh it just the little flag came out the end that said bang uh pretty much <laughs> and that was it yeah so uh yeah no i i totally get it but i don't think that's it's going to be the it, i don't a i don't think it's the same situation with something like mechagodzilla because mechagodzilla is a character not mm -hmm. just a device 
Uh, and yeah, just I don't think they're going to do that. I'm I'm with you. I think they're smart enough not to do that. Yeah, because they know they're going to make a lot of people angry if they give Mecha Godzilla like barely any screen time and don't give him the proper weight and respect that the character deserves. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it for the for that those articles. So are you ready to move on to our main topic? I am absolutely ready. I was born for this. <laughs> this is this is Michael's most anticipated episode of this, this is my point. most anticipated episode and my most anticipated theme month that we've done so far. So Travis, let's get into the main topic. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we ask a trivia question each week uh, to hint to what our episodes are about. And last week, you guys asked the trivia question, this original Power Rangers character was going to be Zordon in disguise as they watched over our favorite teenagers with attitude. Which character was it? And so we got a bunch of answers. We've got one from Alex Cornette from our friends over at the uh, MVM Monsters vs. Men podcast. He said, Rita, she watched over them literally the entire series and made them stronger people. That would be a big twist. That would be a huge plot twist, and it's actually not a bad answer. So thanks, Alex. Uh, the Monster Island Film Vault podcast, our friend Nathan over there, uh, said Balkan Skull. I mean, it could. I mean, it could make sense, but so so Zordon was both bulk and skull. I guess. Well, maybe maybe Zordon was bulk and Alpha was skull. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Damon Noyes uh, said he took two forms. First, a new ranger designed specifically to be annoying and leave a bad taste in the mouths of fans. Then, as Ranger Classic bringing back all the features fans loved about the original. <laughs> a little bit, of, a little bit of classic and new Coke uh, yep. comparison there. Thanks Damon. Yep. <laughs> that was great. That was a great answer. Uh, Raymond Martin said Antoine Carver, director of calamity, more commonly known as ACDC. Back in back. I hate the sack. I hate the sack. Bet you know I'm glad to be back. That's what we should have played when we uh, for this for for your first episode back. We should just I should just insert that music there. Oh really? Back in black? Nah, I would think it would be. Uh, I'm on a highway to hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Crystal Lady Jessica uh, said, uh, "Tuxedo mask." tuxedo mask why does that sound, is that like a reference to something because it sounds yes. familiar but i'm not, yes okay. it is a reference to sailor moon um tuxedo uh, mask was actually uh you know he was he was a one of the characters that they the was the characters knew uh in disguise like he you know his identity was a secret for a little while interesting yeah um so magical girl anime is that's well that's way over my head <laughs> uh i i i'm i'm a sailor moon fan i like sailor moon I mean, uh, no there is no sh- there is no shame i'm not here to judge yeah. much yeah. um uh jimmy from nasa uh said my cousin timmy from nasada Nesada. Wait, no, no, 
I don't think that that's true because I think it's Jimmy from Nasada. Not, I don't, I've never, I've met Jimmy and he told me he doesn't have any brothers and sisters or cousins. He doesn't have any family, period. They all died in space. Um, well, I mean, no, they would have died during the war in space, which was actually when the aliens came down to Earth and attacked Earth. His family died, but right. So not he wouldn't space. have a cut. It wouldn't. He wouldn't have a cousin, mm. Timmy from Nasada. He would. Is this so? We're so we're so we're basically saying that Jimmy from NASA is schizophrenic and thinks he's also Timmy from Nasada. I was going to say we've got a we've got someone who is pretending to be Jimmy, just to throw uh, us off. Gotcha. Mm. Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Calling the FBI. Mulder and Scully. The truth <laughs> is out there. Okay. Um, Chris uh, Deggle. <laughs> our, our friend from Germany, Chris Deggle, wrote Bulk, which actually, you know, that is that 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 would make kind of sense in a way if Bulk wasn't such a well he I'm not even gonna say he's an effective bully because he really wasn't even that all that an effective bully so I guess Bulk would have made kind of sense but the next two answers are actually the correct ones yes yes uh, so Gojira Man one thirty eight said Ernie and twenty ninety nine OCR uh, both of them from Twitter uh, answered Ernie. Uh, yes. so yeah. And I had to check with you to see if this was the right answer because I'm like, this is I, correct. I yes, didn't know this, this answer. <laughs> yes, that, that is correct. I went a digging, uh, for a good, uh, trivia question last week and the 2099 OCR that's Chris cook from the one cross radio podcast, uh, who oh. is also a huge, huge power Rangers nerd. So I am not surprised that he knows that at all. But yeah, I pulled that little tr bit of trivia from my Bible here, a.k.a. the Saban's Ultimate Visual History Book for Power Rangers. Thank you, Nathan, for letting me know this thing existed, um, which is where I pulled that trivia question from. And I feel like I'd heard that before, hmm. after I read it. But then I was like, well, maybe a lot of folks don't know that because um, it is referenced here in the book that Ernie was intended to be the was intended to be Zordon in disguise. And I think from what I read here, they did actually screen test that, but they it let it was left on the cutting room floor. Hmm. That actually is interesting because uh Ernie does not show up in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie at all. And hmm. something else that happens in that movie is Zordon is on the verge of dying because his containment uh, tube is destroyed. Hmm. Mm. The, the, the mm. truth is out there. Okay. I am doing way too much singing for this episode. <laughs> You're just excited to be back, man. Yeah. You're just excited. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're talking about the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The cast and crew list includes Austin St. John, Toy Trang, Walter Emmanuel Jones, Amy Jo Johnson, David Yost, De Jason David Frank, David Fielding as the voice of Zordon, at least for the for the first little bit. Uh, Richard Stephen Horbitz, 
uh, as the voice of Alpha 5, and Barbara Goodson as the voice of Rita. And the plot breakdown, I mean, come on, it's Power Rangers. If you don't know the plot, then go listen to the the opening theme song because it tells you uh, <laughs> uh much. A, a team of teenagers with attitude are recruited to save angel Grove from the evil rita repulsa and her horde of monsters so michael i'm gonna let you take the lead on this because this is this is your this is your thing i absolutely hate it like i hate everything there is that i i hate everything about this franchise between the costumes the zords Just the lore i hate every bit of it i have not enjoyed one second of watching this power rangers sucks that's what my is saying no no can't even <laughs> nope can't even bring those words out of my mouth can't even do that. <laughs> um but yeah this is this is something i've been really really excited for because i have not i it hasn't been no secret that i have tried to i i have been on thank you nathan my power trip uh, as he likes to call it, where I have attempted to watch every single Power Rangers episode in succession, uh, beginning with the very first pilot episode all the way to where they are now. Now, I got up to, our, well, I in order, I got to Dino Thunder. Well, in order, I got to Wild Force. Then I skipped, went to Dino Thunder, and then RPM because that was recommended. But in order, I got all the way up through Wild Force, and I was getting ready to start um ninja storm ninja storm yeah i was getting ready to start ninja storm and then netflix kind of pulled the rug out from under everybody uh, yeah yeah but at least here in in on you know netflix in the u.s uh the first season is still on there of mighty Morphin power rangers yeah i i wish i wish they would have left at least seasons one through three of mighty Morphin on because mm -hmm. That is the show that a lot of us grew up with. Like right. that is the show. And for anyone who is not familiar with Power Rangers, I don't know where you've been living or, or what, what foreign land that you have been dwelling in that you don't know what Power Rangers is. Uh, but basically, you know, it was adapted from a Japanese television show uh, called, uh, super, super Sentai. The very first season of power Rangers was adapted from a Zhu Ranger. I hope I'm saying, am I saying that right? Zhu Ranger. Yeah. Zhu Ranger. Okay. It was, a, it was adapted from a, from the Zhu Ranger, which was actually what the 13th, it was actually the 13th season of, of Sentai, correct? Yeah. Something like that. I can't, I can't remember the numbers. So, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ran from like 1993 all the way up to like 1995, 96. No, it was 1993 to 1995 with the first uh, three seasons of the Mighty Morphin series. So it, I wish they would have just left it on Netflix, honestly, the whole Mighty Morphin series, because it all kind of just goes together. And it there is, unlike some of the later series with um, after the, um, after like the Zordon era and the post Saban era of series, um, we there's not a ton of continuity except for like the crossover episodes, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, whereas the season one through three has the most cotton, like well, probably well, seasons one through six with lost with in space has the most continuity, but the first three seasons are very in order. Of, mm -hmm. like they all just kind of blend in together because they all build off of each other yeah so so for people who are not as familiar with power rangers which i can't imagine like you said that there's too many people but 
Um, Power Rangers has continued down to this day. So if you thought that Power Rangers was only around in the 90s and then disappeared, right. nope, it is still going. There's a new season that just came on uh, like last yes. week. So, Dino Fury. Yep, Dino Fury. Um, so yeah, this the show has kept going and it started out, it was the, the, the first three seasons were all going to be interconnected with each other. It was going to be the same characters just continuing on. And then right. they were the next seasons were going to be just like follow-ups to that. So there were going to be sequels. Mm -hmm. So it, they all interconnected with each other. And then Saban, Haim Saban, who was the producer and kind of the one behind it all, um, said, you know, in Japan with the Super Sentai series, each show is kind of self-contained and is not connected to any of the other previous seasons or series. So why don't we just do that and reinvent the show each season? And mm -hmm. so that's what they've been doing ever since. Um, and so each season is kind of like not connected to the last one, uh, sort of. And so, yeah, it's, it's uh, the history of Power Rangers coming about is so interesting and i really encourage if anyone has not watched um the toys that made us that documentary series that's on netflix there is an episode about power rangers and there is so much history there that is very interesting one of the things yeah. that always gets me is just like a lot of things in the nerd sphere uh we can thank stan lee for Power Rangers. <laughs> and it's because uh, Stan Lee was excited to bring over Super Sentai and adapt it and, and for American audiences, and no one wanted to. They were like, this is weird, it's cheesy, it's dumb, it's gross. We don't want this here. Uh, and uh, he you know, eventually just uh, gave up on it and moved on. But then when Saban came along Haim Saban decided he wanted to bring uh Super Sentai over and he met Margaret Loesch who was Stan Lee's boss at the time back in the day who was now working for Fox Kids and she was like oh I know this because Stan showed it to me back in the day and so she decided to go to bat for for it and actually almost lost her job if it had not been a success she would have lost her job uh at fox kids and so but but it uh was a success so yeah the the history of power rangers behind the scenes is such an interesting story um and in and, and in some ways is also a tragic story because of some of the not so fun things that happened behind the scenes but we're not getting into that we're talking about the show yeah, we're talking about the show. So, Travis, I'll let you start out. What now? You recently rewatched some of these episodes because I've already seen. I already watched through all sixty episodes of the original series and then some. Um, so, you, it's been a while. So I would. I is. Am I safe to say it's it's been a while since you went back and revisited the original series? It's been about 10 years. It's been about okay. 10 years since I revisited the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, series. And uh, and I didn't watch all of the episodes um, to prepare for this because a lot of them I remembered uh, from being a kid. I just kind of rewatched some of my favorites and some that I wasn't as familiar with. And so that's what I did. Right. So did it live up to your nostalgia? Uh, 
Look, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Travis, if you're, look, listener, you're about to hear Travis break my heart, I think. I love Power Rangers. I do. I love Power Rangers. I watched Power Rangers religiously as a kid. I watched, I continued, like like a lot of, a lot of people our age kind of gave up at a certain point because they kind of outgrew it. I continued right. to watch it all the way through for a while even after you know others had stopped so do not take this as me saying i don't love power rangers but man this first season does not hold up as well as i was hoping it did (laughs) yeah i mean like okay so the first couple of episodes the first few episodes because you and i were talking about this i think was it yesterday because you were because you 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 mentioned that you watched the pilot episode of Power Rangers and then you went back and watched the pilot episode of Zoo Ranger and the Zoo Ranger pilot works better as a pilot and I can see why because there's a little bit more expansion on you know Rita being released from her dumpster and there's a little bit more background on the Rangers and how they get their powers well, well here's the thing the reason why I'll tell you the reason the reason why Zhu Ranger works better, especially the pilot, works better as an episode than the Power Rangers one is because it's not chopped up and re-edited from yeah, existing the, footage. <laughs> the 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 editing, yeah, I get it. The editing for that very first episode was rough. Try the first really 15. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the editing in the first like 15 episodes is so rough and so bad. And, and like, okay, I'm going into it. I'm going into it as someone who knows that this is a super Sentai. This is a show that already existed. It's already filmed and they're mm-hmm. just taking and they're cutting it up and they're putting together these, you know, the scenes, the fight scenes, the monster scenes, in with new footage that they filmed with american actors i know that so i know that the editing is going to be a little sloppy because i mean you just can't help that right but man it was really sloppy in that first 15 episodes and i think that that is that is a i think that is something like watching through these franchises or watching through this franchise and season after season after season that is a common thing that I've noticed with the Power Rangers franchise, it takes a good 10 or so episodes for it really to find its footing. I don't think like as, and as much as I love the original series, I love the original series. It has, it, it presses all those buttons for me, especially the big old nostalgia button that I have, uh, that I am not ashamed to say that I have, um, the original series starts getting really good around the time of um uh the the green with evil mini mm-hmm. series within with the the five parter mini series within the first season the green with evil that's where tommy shows up uh he is brainwashed by rita repulsa um and he is made into an evil green ranger to fight the other rangers and it and that story arc spans about five different episodes, right. and it's really, really 
good. Like that is a, that is I think that is the high well, point for. Let, let, let's talk about that brainwashing that Rita does for a bit. Because, sure, let's talk about cause, it because this is what happens in the episode. Because I just rewatched this episode. She pops up into the scene, mm -hmm. uh, sloppily edit cut to Rita being on top of a building. Tommy, I've chosen you to be my evil ranger. And boom. Okay, he's brainwashed. And then we go on to the rest of it. It's like, that's that's it. That's all. Like, it wasn't really, it wasn't really done very well. Well, I mean, look, for a, for a kid's show in the 90s, you get the point, though. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a kid's show. And again, like, I understand why it's like that. So, you know, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault it. I'm just laughing at kind of the silliness of, of it, that going, going back and revisiting this thing that I loved so much as a kid and realizing how silly it was, is just kind of, you know, I, I'm just having fun with that. Um, the, but there is a moment and I, I think it's really interesting to point this out in the green with evil where, Tommy is taken back to Rita's lair, is put into like a cocoon type thing, and then breaks free from the cocoon thing. You remember mm. this? I do, yes. So that scene, I watched the Zhu Ranger, the Sentai episode that that clip is from. Right. And when you're watching it in the Power Rangers one, it is so obvious that that is not J uh, Jason uh, David Frank. Right. And you can see the actor who's the, the Japanese actor who's there. You can, uh, so tell, it, you can tell that that actor is very Japanese. You are correct. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it, yeah, it's really rough. Um, but I do agree with you that at that point forward, the show picks up. And I think the show is, begins an upward trajectory from that point on. Mm hmm yeah it, it you know that the green with evil set the tone for the re, for the remainder of that first season i thought mm -hmm. uh because the monsters got better the monsters got a little bit better the storylines got a little bit better after that too um you got a more and i know a lot of folks love jason i love jason like i love jason's character i love the character jason i think he's a, i think he's a solid red ranger he is the red ranger but tommy is more of a leader and he was it was it i know that jason was supposed to be the leader but it didn't like for the after after green with evil it didn't feel like jason was the leader anymore I like Jason and I'll say this and, we, and we'll talk about this. Probably we may do a bonus episode where we talk just about the comic books, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic books oh, that are coming you. out from boom. But uh, Jason is definitely a better character in the comic books. Like they really, really develop him as the leader mm -hmm. who's, you know, he's trying to bear the weight of being the leader of this team, trying to save the world all this pressure is on him and he's only like 16 mm -hmm. and that's a but he lot, looks 30, but he looks 32, but yeah, he looks 32. Um, so like that is, that's a lot of weight to put on somebody. And I like that in the comic books, they kind of yeah. delve into that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the benefits of hindsight with mm -hmm. like the comic books and revisiting the series and everything is that you can, you can, play around with the things that they didn't have a chance to really develop in the in the 
original show because they either didn't think about it or they didn't mm -hmm. have the means to do it. Yeah. And I think that that is where thing, I, I think that is where fan projects like the Power Rangers audio drama, which you can find on Apple podcasts, which I've been listening to that as well. I finished that. I listened to the latest episode the other day uh, for their uh, second season. And you can really tell that they're going back and re and rejiggering some things to make it fit a little bit better. They're bringing in some of the lore, the old lore from the first series. Plus they're bringing in some stuff from the comic books and they're bringing stuff in from the Sentai. There was a throwaway line in the first, uh, it was, it was the episode where they got their Zords. Trini is in her saber tooth tiger Zord. And, um, it, the, the little, the, the, the robotic voice comes on the, 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 the machine voice comes on and says, Oh, this, this was originally engineered for a man because surprise. And, th and people may not know this, but all the footage in power Rangers, the green Ranger is actually a man, Maybe which is why Ranger. the green Ranger, the green saber tooth Ranger yellow. does not have a skirt. The, the yellow Ranger. Oh, great. Oh, let's back up. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, so no, 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 you're right. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, yeah, it's no, it, no, it's not all right. It's not all right. I screwed it up. It's not all right. You can leave this in. I don't care. Okay. Um, I messed it up because for some reason, I because I was looking at my book here and I'm on the page, I'm on the page with the green, with the intro, where they're talking about the introduction of the Green Ranger. And for some reason, I said the, the Green Ranger, not the Yellow Ranger. Anyway, so the Yellow Ranger, for those who do not know, the yellow ranger in the Sentai footage is actually male. Uh, and, sh and it's Trini, a female in the American and the Americanized power Rangers footage. Right. So there you yeah. go. Fun for everybody out there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is, uh, it is an interesting thing. Um, now I have, I, I, and I am sorry that I've brought a little bit of negativity to the positivity sandwich you've been you've been a little debbie downer it's okay been a little debbie downer um so let's let's talk about some positive things with the the so i mean let's let's just let's go into for it let's let's talk about our favorite episodes from this the first season let's talk about uh our favorite zords our favorite rangers all that stuff let's talk about some positives Okay, so I'm pretty basic. The Green Ranger is my favorite ranger uh, from the the original series for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. The Dragon Zord is the Quintus is the Zord, my favorite Zord uh, of the um, of the first series. It's I just feel like the Dragon Zord is more versatile, and it's a giant. A, it's a giant robot. Godzilla like pretty course, much pretty Zilla. much when you're when you're a kid who growing up and when you're a kid growing up with Godzilla and everything else and then you see the and you see the uh the dragon zord you're like oh that's that's just a big robot Godzilla you know and then fast forward years later oh there actually is a robot Godzilla mm. um but yeah the, the 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 green dragon zord hands down my favorite zord and and actually my favorite zord configuration is the Mecha Dragons, I think it's, is it called the Mecha Dragon Zord? Yes, where it takes on the saber, it takes on the, the feet of the Megazord, and it, the body is of the Dragon Zord, but it takes on the feet and the arms, uh, the arms of the Mastodon and the uh, uh, the feet of the Sabertooth Tiger and Triceratops, but it has this really cool, like, drill uh, blade weapon that I, right, thought was, yeah, the staff. that I thought was awesome. 
yeah like like staff or spear type thing yeah 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 and that's that's the one that where the tyrannosaurus zord is is separate like it's not part of the combined one yeah yeah that one's that one's a really good one um my favorite ranger growing up well of course tommy tommy's always tommy was always my favorite but i always like tommy as the white ranger more than the green ranger so i'm not going to count that here because he's he doesn't become the white ranger in this season that we're talking about season two yes right so um i actually as going back and in as as an adult my favorite ranger rewatching this series or the season is trini because in so many episodes she is the voice of reason mm-hmm. for the team and i think that is so great she is so much more mature than the other characters which is funny because they're all supposed to be teenagers but they all look 35 um but she uh <laughs> she just is the most mature and has the has the most like calm kind of let's stop and think before we act mentality and i love that as an adult watching it that's what i love now as a kid trini wasn't my favorite i like trini but i didn't you know she wasn't my favorite i would have said either billy or jason but just i really have come to appreciate trini as a character now as an adult looking back on it I think so. I think there's some merit to that because you're right. You know, Trini is Trini is is the voice of reason. She's very phil- she's very very is philosophic. Not philosophical is not the right word. She's like, contemplative. She's very yeah, contemplative. Con- she's, she's very contemplative, and she and she measure. I feel like she takes the time to measure her words. At least the lines in the show feel like she's measuring her words. Uh, and she's trying, and she's very wise. There's a word that I'm, there's probably one of the words I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Trini is, Trini seems very wise. Um, you know, looking back on it, you know, the, the green ranger always was my favorite ranger. Uh, I liked Billy too, because Billy was just fun. He was a nerd. Zach is just, he's, you know, he always just made me laugh. Uh, Growing up as a adolescent male child, I had my first crush was Kimberly, of course, probably like mm-hmm. a lot of uh, got a lot of male children or a lot of adolescents out there that grew up with this stuff. Their first crush was probably Kimberly. Um, but looking back on all of this as an adult, I think that and and my judgment may be a little bit clouded because of all the other episodes that I have watched since then. But I think the most meaningful story arc overall was given to Billy. Mm-hmm. I think out of the Rangers, I think the most meaningful story arc was given to Billy. Yeah. Because you see Billy go from sort of this little image, this sort of awkward nerd, just like a lot of us. Don't get me wrong. Like we're all we all have an awkward nerd past. I think, uh, if you're a part of this past. franchise, huh? I said past. I have an awkward pa- oh, nerd. Yeah. I mean, we're all pretty, yeah. We're all pretty awkward <laughs> nerds anyway. Um, but you know, Billy started out, starts out this socially awkward nerd, uh, excuse me. Um, and doesn't he evolves, fight, doesn't know how to do anything. Doesn't know how to fight. Doesn't know how to, uh, socialize really well, but then, you know, later on, he progresses into a really good leader. And I mm-hmm. think, 
And I think that the episode that did that, if I'm remembering correctly, was, um, oh, what was the name of the episode? It was, I know the name of them. I know the name of the monster of the week. It was Madam Woe. Um, oh yeah, that was, um, oh, it was, um, I can't remember what episode it was now, but it was the one, about. yeah, it was the one where, um, it was the one where they go, where they have to go on this quest or this rock, they, they go rock climbing. And I think it is, it's Billy that has to help Trini overcome her fear of heights. I'm hoping, mm. I, I'm hoping I'm not getting that mixed up. Um, but I think in that episode, Billy starts making his progression uh, to becoming a solid leader for mm -hmm. the team. And, and he and he became a really solid leader later on in uh, in in the following series season or series series three series or series two, series three, and especially in um i think it was zeo where his story arc kind of ended when he left the show in zeo he didn't make it all he, that was his last season david yost's last season was in zeo and i think that they did a really good job <clears throat> with his character because he evolved over time right yeah and i think in a, in a big part of that might just be time you know like a lot of the characters didn't get the time to develop because you know you had uh toy trang and um austin uh uh was it uh austin st john yeah austin st john and walter emmanuel jones who left the show um over uh disputes with their contract because they were not being paid nearly enough for the amount of work that they were doing right. and then amy joe johnson left and then so you know, and then you had the new characters come in and then, then they get traded out later on uh, again. So, so because the cast ended up becoming more of like a rotating cast, having Billy be one of the ones who lasted longest, you got more of a chance to kind of develop his character. But then you also could say that about Tommy, that Tommy had the time to develop his character but didn't have nearly as much development as Billy did. Right. So you're absolutely right that, that it is, it is neat and, and interesting to see how much uh, Billy changed from the first episode that you see him in to the last episode that you see him in. Well, he grew up. Mm -hmm. yeah, he grew up. You, you literally watch like you, you literally watch his character grow up before your eyes after like through all these episodes, like at like 300 and some episodes in, he finally becomes like the leader that he always wanted to be. And I think that, um, you know, like I said, Billy was probably the one looking back on this through adult eyes. Billy was probably the most, had the most meaningful arc and the most meaningful character uh, development of the franchise. Now, that's and I've also and I've often said too that Bulk and Skull had some really nice character development too, but theirs took I want to say theirs took a little bit longer than even Billy's before right. I started really caring about them as characters because then because they started out as this this Laurel and Hardy type characters this kind of this tropey bumbling bully type characters yeah. Yeah, and they were the comedic relief. They were the comic. Yeah, they were the comedic relief. And then they then they evolve into these, like in like in in space. Uh, I know we're not talking about in space, but 
in in space when they stand up with the rest of the crowd and say we are power we are the power or i'm the red ranger or we're the power rangers whatever and they and they lead this rebellion against the enemy um that is the culmination of their arc i think because you don't <laughs> see them very much after that and i think that right. skull could be argued um uh, as having probably one one of the most meaningful character arcs in the franchise yeah Absolutely. So when it comes to, I know you mentioned Bulk and Skull now. So when it comes to non-Ranger characters, mm -hmm. which one is your favorite when it comes to like the non-Rangers? Non-Ranger characters. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to put Zordon and Alpha in that, in that set too, because yes. they're, they direct, they interact directly with the Rangers out of the people that don't know who the Rangers are. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ernie, maybe Ernie's a good one to pick too, because he was sort of that father figure to a lot of them, you mm -hmm. know, because a lot of their life, a lot of their, a lot of their teenage drama, whatever you want to call it, their, their, their adolescent years was spent in the juice bar. That is where mm -hmm. they dated. That is where they had their conversations. That's where they got their heart broke etc etc that's where they found each other it's where they socialized where they had fun it's it's where their life their life centered around that juice bar and mm -hmm. ernie could be seen as sort of a father figure to them because he was always there willing to help them willing to give them advice anytime like someone came to the juice bar and looked a little bit down ernie would always be like what's wrong you know you know mm -hmm. all, and and I can totally see, you know, going back to sort of what we were talking about with our trivia question, I could totally see why they would write that, write Ernie's character in such a way where he is both Zordon and Ernie, but he's watching over the Rangers in real life. I'm glad they didn't uh, yeah. because in the, in the long run, I don't think that could have worked, but um, I can totally see why they would have, where they were, where they could have went with that. Yeah, yeah, I I think that would have been an interesting thing. I am glad they didn't do it. Um, yeah, Ernie is. I was thinking about it. Zordon is the one that made them the heroes that they came to be, but Ernie is the one who made them the people that they were, because right. Ernie had a big impact on who they were as people, whereas Zordon helped them on their hero's journey. And so that that's uh yeah it's it's he's definitely up there. Um I mean you took Zordon and Alpha 5 off the table but Zordon is absolutely my favorite non-ranger character uh because I mean I always love a good mentor character. Mm -hmm. And Zordon is like the he's the touchstone. He's the touchstone yeah. mentor character. Like I know for a lot of people who are maybe slightly older than me Mr. Miyagi was probably the touchstone mm -hmm. uh, mentor yeah. character. And then before that was Yoda. But for me, the touchstone mentor character is Zordon. Every mentor character that I come across in whatever show or, or movie or series that I'm watching, I compare to Zordon. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I mean, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Like, and I was so upset when, you know, when Zordon, when they finally wrote Zordon off the show in uh, Turbo. Yeah, it was yeah. Turbo. Yeah, tur when Turbo. Uh, no, Zio. Zio. He left no, in Zio. 
No, he didn't leave. Well, he left. No, he left at the beginning of Turbo. Uh, was it the beginning of Turbo? It was the very beginning of Turbo because uh, you had the movie, which was basically just an extended pilot of the Turbo series. Right, and in and in the movie, they had that woman, female one who was uh, who had replaced Zordon. She was already there. No, Zordon was never in. I don't think Zordon. No, Zordon was in the movie. Not in Turbo. Yes, he was. He was in the movie. The, he was. Well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we will find out in a couple of weeks. But I know. I, yeah, we. Yeah, we will find out in a couple of weeks, and uh, uh, we will have some very special guests on for that. But I'm in the mode now. Was Zordon in? <laughs> I mean, it has been a while since I've watched Turbo, so maybe I'm I'm misremembering, but I could have swore that at the beginning of Turbo, it was the it was the the lady. No, because it was um because he was in the movie, and then at the begin at the very beginning of Turbo, you have uh, the Rangers, and they're kind of recapping everything that happened with Divatox and all that, and getting their new ranger powers and then they come into the command center and Larigo, that little elfin creature from the movie is there the wizard uh is there oh yeah, oh, yeah. okay and that is when yeah that is when Larigo is supposed to transport both alpha 5 and zordon back to eltar right right okay 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 yeah you're right Sorry, my bad. It's okay. It's okay. My we bad. Can, we, we all can't be uber nerds. Yeah. Um, I, I am such an uber nerd on so many things that I am so glad. And I'm usually, like, in most of my friend groups, I am the expert on Power Rangers. But I am mm -hmm. so glad that now I am no longer the Power Rangers expert because I'm like, eh, it takes all the pressure off of me. People keep asking <laughs> me questions about Power Rangers. It's like, look, I love it, but I'm not an encyclopedia of Power Rangers. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, I... I have known so much about Power Rangers over the years. I have appreciated the franchise for so long. And then I have really enjoyed. And then I got the notion to go back and rewatch everything. I don't even know why I did it. I just said, you know what? I want to watch Power Rangers. And then I got about, then I got through the first season. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep watching Power Rangers. And then I just, and then I went on this journey to watch everything that I could and then try to read everything I could, which again, we're going to have to do an episode about the comic books. Um, because there is a mm -hmm. lot there to mine, especially if they're going to do a brand new movie. And I want, and I'm just going to throw this out there. If they do a brand new movie, Hasbro, we know you listen to this show. Please base it off the comic books. Yes. And please do another GI Joe movie and make it more accurate to the original. And make it good. Yeah, make it. Um, no, no, but yeah, yeah, no. I, I, there is so much in those comic books. I am, I love the Boom Studios comic books that they have been putting out. Um, I want to talk about now. We've talked about our favorite Ranger. We've talked about our favorite Zord. My favorite Zord is the Dragon Zord too. I didn't say that actually, but my favorite dra is the Dragon Zord too. Again, because it's 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 Godzilla. Um, but what about Titanus? The Blastosaur. I, I do love titanus because the episode because we can talk because we can use this moment to talk about our favorite episodes but I, I don't remember what the episode is called but it's the episode where tommy and jason have to work together to recover uh to gain possession of titanus because right at, 
at the moment, Rita is attacking Earth with this uh, new monster, a new weapon. Uh, I think that's even a part of, is it part of Doomsday? Is that a part uh, of the Doomsday duology? No, that's before you get to Doomsday, because in Doomsday, she gets rid of Titanus. She, like, sucks okay. it down to the ground. Gotcha. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like Titanus. I, I really, really like Titanus. He's awesome. The problem with Titanus is he's very underutilized in the show. Mm -hmm. If he was utilized more in the show, I would love Titanus even more. But right now, just because of the amount of, of episodes that he's featured in, definitely the Dragon Zord tops it. Yeah, well, that that whole story arc there where, where Tommy and Jason have to go on a quest to get Titanus or to get um, to get a special weapon, to get a special power that is being guarded by Titanus, I should say. Right. Um, that is the episode where you get the transfer of the dragon shield from Tommy to Jason. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know a lot of Ranger fans, their favorite combination, I guess you can call it a combination, is the Red Ranger with the gold dragon shield. That is a really iconic look. From That is something a lot of folks um, um, uh, talk about as far as their favorite Ranger. And I've, I've heard fans say that I like the Red Ranger with the gold dragon shield. And that is a precursor to what we would probably get later on in the franchise with uh the battle armor like later mm -hmm. on and i think it started when did it start did it start with turbo uh mm -hmm. or, or did it start with in space i think, I think it, started it started with in space okay so it started with in space with the battleizer armor and every and if you're not like anyone who's not watched some of these series starting with in space at least one like sometime during the series they are the Rangers are their backs against the wall and they need a new weapon. So they come up with this crazy looking armor uh, to help fight, fend off the um, to fend off the, the, the new bad guy, the new hotness. So I think that this that that episode where Tommy gives the dragon shield to Jason, that is a precursor to what we would see later on with like special battleizer armor. Yeah, and it fits in with the Super Sentai because in Zhu Ranger, the the red Zhu Ranger does keep the gold shield mm -hmm. for the rest of the series right. from that moment on. Because spoiler alert, the Green Ranger dies at that moment in the in Zhu Ranger. Yes. And yes. does not come back. <laughs> yes. He dies. Yes, uh, he does. Yeah, he dies so, there. And I think that's something that the audio drama does really well, too. If I want to reference them again, is uh, when, spoiler, when Tommy dies in the audio drama, the red, dra the gold dragon shield is transferred then to Jason. Mm. Mm, okay. You see, I haven't listened to the audio drama. But oh, I'm sorry. I thought you have. No, Oops. no, but that's that's okay. That's okay. No, yeah, yeah, that is. It's. I'm. I still want to. I haven't gotten around to. Oh, it's beautiful. To it's it beautifully yet. done. I'd love to talk. I'd love to have those guys on the show. But anyway, continue. Yeah. So, um, so we've talked about. Uh, well, let's. let's my favorite episode. Now, is that your favorite episode, the one with Titanus, or what? Do you, what was your favorite? Either that or. Um, I have a soft spot for the pudgy pig episode. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> I remember yeah. it. I remember it as a kid and I remember it just being so ridiculous and so stupid. And they fed him this ginormous, like hoagie sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. 
filled with peppers and that's how they that's how they got all their weapons back is basically they fed him peppers and he vomited all their weapons back up yeah that that episode is hilarious um the episode where jason goes up against king sphinx which is probably one of my favorite kaiju from this uh original series king sphinx is um out, you know, outside of goldar and some of the mainline ones cyclops the doomsday with cyclopsis uh mm-hmm. is a great one uh, i think that's the one you like that's the one you referenced in the notes so and, and, and yeah. i remember it. it was it's great um yeah. it's really hard for me to pick like a favorite definitive power rangers episode so i have to go probably with just the the green with evil do the green with evil uh uh five-parter or um um shoot the, the green the one? candle ones are really the, good oh too. yes the green yeah the curse of the green candle yes where where jason is trapped in the uh realm of darkness i think mm-hmm. or chamber of darkness something they use darkness a lot as a descriptor. yeah i mean they're um, bad guys <laughs> anyway he's trapped there and he's bad and he has to go one-on-one with goldar and the the premise of the episode is when the green can't when the green candle burns out then Tommy's powers are completely and utterly gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really spectacular, I think it, that's even a three, I think it's even a three parter. They had a lot of two and three and five parters in the original run. Of the mm-hmm. series. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. My favorite episode, just from the ones I rewatched just, you know, to prepare for this episode uh, is doomsday. I really actually like doomsday. I felt like the stakes were raised at that point everything was was uh like there was there was a a sense that the rangers could possibly lose this battle and that's something that i i mean of course we know they're not going to lose we know they're not going to lose we know the good guys are going to win but it, it it takes a lot for a kid's show to make you feel like oh the bad guy could actually win this one <laughs> and the fact that they did that in doomsday and and, and uh, one of the reasons why it was such a well done episode was because this was supposed to be the finale if they didn't know if the show was going to continue past this point so this was the end of power rangers as far as they were concerned mm-hmm. when making that episode and right. you can tell in doing it in watching it right because that is what episode i was looking it up here i had 30 yeah yeah like well episode 39 and 40 uh so i mean there's that would that would feel like a good end point for that season but they continued on for another 20 episodes after that well yeah but but the thing is because when fox agreed to margaret loesch and and all of them fox kids they said you get 40 episodes and that's all you get and so when they got to episode 39 and 40 that's all they thought like they thought they were going to be canceled from that point on they did not expect it to go on yeah but I i think the numbers from that first like that first season i was hang on they're they're i've got them here uh they reached uh that their debut let's see their debut episode reached 4.3 million viewers mm-hmm. and that's all and for the for a 90s television show that's a lot 
yeah yeah and so the that's what changed fox's mind once once power rangers became what it was because my goodness power rangers became the new beatles <laughs> um uh, it that's what changed fox's mind and so they were like okay we'll extend it out for another 30 uh, you know 20 episodes so but when they were making that episode as far as everyone was concerned that was going to be the end of the series there was no more power rangers from that point on right so and you can feel it because they really put a lot into that two-parter and <clears throat> so i it is still it's still my favorite i think it's my favorite of this first season mm -hmm. Makes um, sense. now you mentioned now you, I, I will i don't want to talk about favorite monster because you mentioned one of my favorite monsters the and that and that is king sphinx i love king sphinx i don't know what it, it's something about the design i think king it is sphinx. i think so i think it's i think i think that it, and, and it's weird because that is one that because later on in the like later on in the series it became sort of a trope of the show when they were trying to get some filler episodes, they had they would have multiple monsters show up in one episode. Um, so I the one specifically that I remember, and I cannot and I, I can't recall if this is season one or season two because they're very, very similar. The graveyard episode with the tomb with the with the terror stone, I think it's what his name is. Oh, the yeah, tombstone yeah. monster, where all the monsters like Snizzard and Eye Guy and stuff like that come back mm -hmm. from the dead. I think that's season two, but I am not a hundred percent sure. Um, but King Sphinx is one of those that they only got, they only used once and that was it. And I, and that's really sad to me for some reason. Yeah. I always liked, and I liked how much he resembled Goldar. So almost like that he was in the same species as Goldar. Right. Uh, you know, so it's like it, it, it just I really love King Sinks. I love I'm it wondering if that because you're right about that. I'm, and I'm wondering if that may have been a Sentai thing. Maybe they are related because uh, I don't think I, so. I, well, I've, I've watched the, the reason, Sentai episode and I don't think they mentioned that they were related. I the reason I say that is because a, like a lot of Goldar's design, like I have like no one can figure out if he's a monkey or a dog, a wolf. I think he's. To me, he's he's he he resembles mostly a wolf, especially later on in the franchise when they when they re-sculpt the face and everything. Yeah, um, he resembles more of a wolf than anything else. Um, I think but, he's supposed to resemble a lion because he's supposed to be kind of he's supposed to be a griffin. Um, in in the in the Japanese in in Super Sentai in Zhu Ranger, he uh, is called Griff gryffindor or not gryffindor uh, um, um uh, gr Grif uh Grif no, no not grifter <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's something it's something with griffin anyway he he it's like griffinzor or something like that griffinzar or something uh but uh yeah so he's supposed to look like a griffin so i think he's supposed to be like a lion with wings kind of character is what he's supposed to be yeah, he kind of he kind of he kind of resembles um um like an Anubis maybe, like an Anubis creature from Egyptian mythology. Uh that's what I always thought. Um 
that's what I always thought he kind of looked like. Um, but I can see like the winged lion or like there was some serious, especially in that, I think it's the first episode or the second episode where you've got Rita flying on the bicycle. Um, mm-hmm. There is some serious Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch of the West vibes I was getting from that. So it would oh, absolutely. It would not surprise me that they just thought he that the the whole line in the in the in the Power Rangers franchise that little throwaway line it's like you big gold monkey like that is sort of a little a little reference to the Wizard of Oz and Goldar's Sentai name is Griffiz Griffizar Griffizar okay Griffizar or yeah. Griffizora is also referenced in some sources okay okay um. So what's your favorite monster? Uh, just real quick before we kind of wrap things up on this. Out of the main line? I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be fair to say Goldar, I think. Uh, because uh, Goldar, if you want to say Goldar, say Goldar. I think Goldar, is, I think Goldar probably is probably the, the, the best looking one that we got out of all of them. Uh, Pumpkin Wrapper is a lot of fun. Uh, oh, that, 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> and... And honestly, the armad, uh, the angry armadillo, the armadillo creature was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember that one, uh, but the one that always sticks out to me the most when I think about Power Rangers is the Lizinator. The Lizinator. The Lizinator. Uh, that comes much. I don't think you made it there. I don't think you made it that far. That comes much later in the series. Yeah, that's um, not season one. Is it? No, no, it's season one. It's like towards the end, though. It's like towards the very, very end of the season one. The Lizard. Is that the one that's like hands are made out of snakes? No, that's Snizzard. Oh, that's Snizzard. Okay, okay. See, I I can't remember the names of all these ones. That's the problem, is I can't remember the names. Actually, fun fact um, Snizzard was actually voiced by Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yep. I actually knew that. I actually knew that. Um, I couldn't remember the name of the monster, but I knew that it was voiced by Brian Cranston. Yes, uh, in fact, Brian didn't. I think Brian Cranston did several voices for the franchise, but he's be, but Snizzard is the one that a lot of fans know off the top of their head. When when Brian Cranston of, Bla- of Breaking Bad and Godzilla twenty fourteen fame and Malcolm in the Middle, et cetera, et cetera, uh, was first starting his acting career. He started his acting career as a voice actor for power Rangers. So go mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's cool. Um, and Brian Cranston will make an appearance later on in the franchise too. Oh yeah. I thought you were going to say Brian Cranston's going to make an appearance on this podcast. I'm like, well, I wish I love what Brian happened Cranston. while I was gone. <laughs> I wish I love Brian Cranston, man. <laughs> I did too. But I was like, man, what happened while I was gone? You made some connections. <laughs> I did. I did. I've honestly, I've, I'd love, I've, I've been trying and I, I would love to get the guys from the audio drama on this, on, on the show too, but yeah absolutely there's there's actually uh there's a rangers uh um there's a rangers he's not really a rangers youtuber but he does talk about power rangers a lot that would love to get on a future episode when we talk about power rangers again in some future time but uh yeah so yeah we need to uh we're kind of going long here so we need to go ahead and wrap this up um i just want to point out this is a very interesting fun fact here that i found um I, I i found a few fun facts but this is the one i want to highlight new zealand had a ban <laughs> on power rangers 
due to the violence and how the show was seemingly promoting um, kind of violence as a first resort uh, to end right. the conflict. Uh, so New Zealand uh, put a ban on Power Rangers. That ban on Power Rangers being aired on television did not lift until 2011. That's years after they had already started filming Power Rangers in New Zealand. Which is, which is crazy to think about. That that is just like the show is being filmed in New Zealand, but it cannot air on New Zealand television. <laughs> that's that's so crazy until 2011. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I just I, that was a fun fun little fact that I found. Um, I think we can go ahead and move on to our final thoughts and our Godzuki scores. Is there anything else you wanted to do before we do that? Uh, no, I think, I think we've talked about as much as we can talk about, at least for the first season of Power Rangers. Um, my, I will say this, like this, my favorite season of Power Rangers is not actually until season two, um, out of at least its original run anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because we get introduced to probably the best villain of all the franchise, mm-hmm. Dead himself, because- yes best villain best ranger with the white ranger best yeah oh best weapon with saba i mean come on Uh, like yeah yeah season two is definitely where most of my nostalgia for power rangers lies that's like the that's the era of power rangers that sticks with me the most Mm -hmm. but this first season was was definitely a nostalgia trip i i I loved it um And I, I definitely, you know, I, I watched all these episodes when they were coming out and I enjoyed watching Power Rangers when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, so so uh, I mean, I guess that kind of leads into my final thoughts, because, I mean, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, I, I have so much nostalgia for this era era of Power Rangers. It's hard to stay objective in reviewing it because because how do you like you? you I, there's. And I there's don't, no way. Like, there's yeah. no way. To, there's really, honestly, there's for people like you and me, Travis. There's really no way for us to remain objective when talking about it because this, this franchise and this particular season, this era of television, played such a huge role in our fandom. Like, right. I was introduced to Godzilla, or I'm sorry, I was introduced to Power Rangers before I was even introduced to Godzilla. This is where my love of of, of giant monsters was really solidified. Like I'd already had an appreciation for Harryhausen, Kong, and some others, but like this is where my love of Tokusatsu, which I didn't know it was Tokusatsu at the time, and mm-hmm. giant monsters and and giant mechs and things like that was really solidified. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and on one hand, I think that I think that reviewers of things should be a, a little bit objective, not you know, and not bring too much of their own nostalgia into it. But at the same time, when you're talking about a show like Power Rangers, there's no there's no reason you shouldn't bring all the love and nostalgia that you have uh, into your review of it because it's it's that it's such an important show to so many people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wrote down my final thoughts. My final thoughts are watching just the few episodes I did brought back so many memories of being a kid and watching this on Saturdays and playing with all the toys from the epic opening music to the monster battles. This show was dynamic and electric. 
I will say that it does not hold up as well as I had hoped. But even as an adult, I can still get swept away in the energy that the show has. And I think that's ultimately where I laid, where where I landed with this. Did the show hold up as well as I hoped? No. No, it definitely is very, very sloppy, especially in those early episodes. But there is an energy to this show that cannot be found anywhere else at that time period. And you really can't find anywhere else, period. Yeah. And that alone makes it very unique and very uh, enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're, I'm gonna, we, we like to score the things that we review out of five Godzukis. Godzuki! Um, because we like to uh, embrace the silly side of giant monsters. And so we use uh, Godzilla's bumbling nephew as our, uh, our uh, ruler, our... our uh, way of measuring these things so now if i was going to honestly try to put out uh put away all of my nostalgia and just objectively review this i would i would give it three out of five godzukis godzukis um but nostalgia definitely plays a huge part in it so i i give it a four yeah and i think that's solid i think that's solid and um, you know, as like you were saying, Travis, we as reviewers, as people who try to who want to be as honest as we can for our fans and our listeners, especially if 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 Power Rangers or Sentai and this part of the if this part of the fandom is has passed you by for some reason over the last several decades, like I feel bad for you because you are missing out on so much. Um but that said, Power Rangers will always have a soft spot for me in my heart because it influenced so much of why I love what I love now growing up. Like like a lot of family memories are wrapped up in this franchise, honestly. And it's really hard for me to get past the, like, it's really hard for me to get past the nostalgia part of this fran of this series of this first run of the show and just grade it on its merits now on its on its merits on what it on what the product we got like going into it and objectively giving it a fair score i would give it a three and a half out of five objectively like if i was somebody who just didn't care like i'm just going to watch this review it and kind of move on three out of five godzukis but nostalgia and my love for this show go, runs so deep. I'm going to have to give it a five out of five, if not a 10 out of five. <laughs> because I, like I said, I, th- this is, this is my childhood. Like this is every, mm-hmm. this is every good memory that I had as a child growing up. It's over 9,000 Godzukis. It is over 9,000 Godzukis. You are correct. So <laughs> I, again, I, I we try to be fair. We try to be objective <laughs> on this show, but it's really hard for me. And, and I'm sure it is hard for a lot of people to be objective about, um, 
about this franchise and about this first season of Power Rangers because this season, this first season has, has influenced so much of what we all love about this genre, about tokusatsu in general. Uh, if it wasn't for Power Rangers and, and, and the uh, Ultraman Tiga that came on Fox Kids uh, many years later, the, you know, we probably wouldn't have love for, for tokusatsu in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that is, so objectively, my Godzuki score is three out of five. My nostalgia score is 10 out of five. If that doesn't seem fair to y'all, then too bad. Too bad. It's our scores. We do what we it's want. It's our scores. We can do whatever the heck we want. It's our Godzuki and we'll use them how we want. <laughs> um, so uh yeah we're going to go ahead and close out this episode um we're not going to uh dive into the mailbag this week um but we will be covering some mailbag in next episode uh so if you guys want to get your mail uh or a letter or a question read out on the podcast please make sure to send it to us either on twitter at kaiju weekly or to our email kaiju weekly at gmail.com uh you can even go on to the kaiju ramen magazine.com website uh and submit it through there if you want because there's a submit you know to submit uh feedback so if you want to do it through that that'll work either way it'll get to us um so send us in your questions your comments whatever you want so that we can read them out because when our mailbag gets empty it gets angry and you would not like our mailbag when it gets angry. Yep. And I am super excited for next week because we are going to have a very special guest come and join us for the next thing, the next movie that we're going to be reviewing um, that has to do with Power Rangers. We're going to have the always wonderful Kaiju Kim uh, joining us for that review and that discussion. So speaking of next week, Travis, don't we have a trivia question to read out? Yes, we do. So next week's trivia question is Rowan Atkinson, Phil Collins, Tim Curry, Danny DeVito, and Christopher Lloyd were considered for the role of which Power Rangers villain? And it's <laughs> going to hint to what we're covering next week on the podcast so we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends if you want to follow us on twitter we are at kaiju weekly and at kaiju groupie pod all the links to our social media as well as for the kaiju groupie facebook group are listed in the description of this episode you can send questions comments or answers to trivia questions to our email kaijuweekly at gmail.com we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported kaiju ramen magazine so far the printed issues are in they are going out the door this mine weekend. should be here tuesday they are going to be hopefully in everybody's hands within the next couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, I, I give us enough room to breathe there just in case, you know, cause something happens. So everybody who was supposed to get a printed issue, keep an eye out. And if you're still interested in getting a printed issue, check back uh, at Kaiju ramen because we're going to put our extras that we have left over on sale so you can pick up a printed copy on there uh so yeah if you end if and you can go on there to find out more information about the magazine and all that good stuff 
And Travis, there is one more thing that they can do to support this podcast, and that is by going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. Uh, criticize us all you want in the comments. Tell us how much you love us and how much you enjoy our illustrious voices each enjoy. and every week coming into your earbuds. Uh, and if you do that, we promise we will read that feedback on a future episode. And thank you to Kaiju Kim, who actually left us a wonderful review that I read out, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other Kaiju, Tokusatsu, and Power Rangers fans just like you. Yep. So, to close out this episode, I'm going to say help control the giant monster population have your squat and baboos <laughs> stayed or neutered <laughs> oh i've got a headache <laughs> bye everybody bye ay, 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 ay.